In 2006, Muhammad Yunus won the Nobel Peace Prize together with the Grameen Bank that he founded for being the banker to the poorest of the poor through microcredit. But today, Yunus is facing a criminal trial in his country of Bangladesh. On the 31st of August, 108 fellow Nobel laureates published an open letter in the New York Times calling on Bangladesh's Prime Minister, Sheikh Hasana, who's been in power since 2009, to end what they call the continuous judicial harassment of Muhammad Yunus. His lawyer says a total of 198 legal cases have been filed against him so far. The letter also refers to threats to democracy and human rights observed in Bangladesh recently. Signatories include Barack Obama, Al Gore, Jose Ramos Horta and former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Dr Mubashar Hassan has written extensively on human rights abuses in Bangladesh. He's a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Oslo in Norway. Mubashar was formerly Professor of Political Science in North South University, Dhaka, but is now based in Sydney and an adjunct fellow at the University of Western Sydney. Mubashar Hassan, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mubashar, what are the charges that Muhammad Yunus is facing a criminal trial on? The charges against Dr. Muhammad Yunus are quite diverse. And as you just told, he's facing 198 cases. So it is really difficult to go on to each of these, but the charges against him includes fund misappropriation, corruption, violating labor laws, and not paying tax on his income that is derived from his Nobel Prize award and royalties from a book. Do you endorse the description in this open letter of the legal trouble Mr Yunus is in as judicial harassment? So uh, let me refer to a statement that is publicly meant by Deputy Attorney General Imran Ahmed Bhuya who is serving at the Attorney General's office in Bangladesh. And he says publicly that Dr. Muhammad Yunus is facing judicial harassment. And after that statement, government of Bangladesh is on the process of removing Mr. Imran Ahmed Bhuya. So I would say that that statement that came directly from the Attorney General's office endorses the statement that is made yes, by Yes, indeed. The, I mean, that, yeah. that's an extraordinary situation to have the Deputy Attorney General endorse that description and now facing disciplinary charges himself. What does that tell us about the situation in Bangladesh more broadly? So the World Justice Project's Rule of Law Index 2022, the Rule of Law Index provides a comparative analysis of how well countries adhere to the universal rule of law principle. And Bangladesh has ranked 127th out of 140 nations. So it is highly politicized judiciary under this regime. Yes, could you give us the the broader history of Sheikh Hasina's government and when this trend against rule of law really developed and how I suppose it manifests for people other than Muhammad Yunus in Bangladesh? 
So when uh, Sheikh Hasina formed her government in 2009, following a free and fair election in 2008, she started a process of politicizing the judiciary and law enforcement agencies. And there are many supporters of Hasina said that is justified because there are several threats on her life as well. In 2004, uh, there was a grenade attack on her. And before that, there are several attacks on her life. And I think that kind of pushed her to this point where she thought that since she had the majority in the parliament following the formation of the government in 2009, she started this process of capturing the bureaucracy and the security as well as the judiciary. And that culminated in brutal repression of the opposition activist. You know, recently there is a report came out in the New York Times which argued that there are almost 2.5 million members of the main opposition parties are on trial. And all of them are embroiled in politically motivated court cases. 2.5 million? 2.5 million, yeah. That's a big number. And the most active leaders and organizers face dozens, even hundreds of cases, according to that New York Times report. And also, critics were forcefully disappeared, according to the allegation of the Human Rights Organization. From 2009 to 2023, about 600 people were forcefully disappeared. Some of them came back, some of them didn't come back, and many of their family members and relatives are still searching for answers to know what actually happened to them, because those people are taken by the law enforcement agencies. Yes, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because in a recent article you wrote for The Diplomat magazine, you quoted the Asian Legal Resource Centres referring to a systematic pattern of enforced disappearances in Bangladesh. How does that work? So, according to the human rights organizations who keep a track on enforced disappearance in Bangladesh, they say that there are several stages involved in that. First, law enforcement agencies pick someone up. Second, they deny that they ever picked or detained that person. Third, the victim's family members fail to register the police complaint because police generally do not want to take complaint. And fourth, that person never returns or is found dead. And even when some lucky person returns from forced disappearances, they don't speak up because relatives of those victims have told the researchers and human rights organizations that the law enforcement agencies threaten their relatives or threat in a manner that if they take that person again, they're never going to be returned. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Dr. Mubasha Hassan, a human rights expert on the situation in Bangladesh, currently postdoctoral fellow at the University of Oslo in Norway. And Mubasha, you talked about the number of opposition figures facing judicial charges. Is Muhammad Yunus regarded as an opposition figure? Why is it that he in particular has fallen out with the Awami League government? That's a great question. So there is a perception that Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina doesn't really like Dr. Muhammad Yunus. When doesn't she like is putting power. it mildly. <laughs> yeah. So when she assumed the power, she called Yunus a blood sucker. 
she accused Dr. Yunus of using force to recover loans from poor rural women as head of Grameen Bank, whereas, you know, worldwide Dr. Mohamed Yunus was celebrated for helping millions of poors out of poverty through his model of microfinance. And then there was a story of a big bridge over the river Podba, and this is the biggest road bridge that has ever been constructed. And before the construction process, it was supposed to be financed by the World Bank, but at some point, the World Bank accused the government of Sheikh Hasina of involving in corruption, and they stopped the funding. And there was allegation from the ruling party quarter that Dr. Mohamed Yunus was behind that whole thing where World Bank stopped financing that bridge and then Sheikh Hasina went to the Chinese and then they helped build the bridge. So I think in some way Sheikh Hasina felt like Dr. Mohamed Yunus is a political opponent and when in 2007 there was a military back civilian government in Bangladesh, there was a rumor that Dr. Mohamed Yunus wanted to float a political party and rule the country, which really never happened, and it remained as a rumor. So I think there's something very deep and personal going on between Sheikh Hasina and Dr. Mohamed Yunus. That's intriguing. We talked about the enforced disappearances, and I gather that in response to that, the United States imposed sanctions against some members of Bangladesh's elite paramilitary force, the Rapid Action Battalion, and that's had the effect of reducing the incidence of forced disappearances. Mubasha, do you think that this action of an open letter by over 100 Nobel laureates and many other very prominent world leaders is going to have any impact on the case of Dr Yunus? It is a tricky question. To some extent, it is also relevant to the ongoing geopolitics over Bangladesh. Sheikh Hasina wants to perceive as a strongman leader. And there is no way I think she's going to back down because this is, in a way, making her look stronger to her followers, which includes the law enforcement agencies, judiciary, bureaucrats, and so forth. There's one motivation for her not to back down. But the letter itself is also interesting for the reason that they do not only talk about judicial harassment of Dr. Mohamed Yunus. It also talked about the ongoing grave human rights violation and the lack of free and fair election in the country. So that also sheds lights on what's going on in Bangladesh. And I think that letter may put some ammunition to the Western nations who are perhaps thinking of imposing visa ban or other punitive measures. But on the other hand, China and Russia are quite strongly backing Sheikh Hasina. You know, as we speak, Russian foreign minister is in Bangladesh and this is the first ever visit of any Russian foreign minister in Bangladesh. And he publicly said Russia supports Bangladesh's internal affairs. So it's getting more complicated and definitely Sheikh Hasina has some stronger allies who are not really big fan of human rights and democracy. Dr. Mubasha Hassan, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thanks for inviting me.
And Mubashar is these days an adjunct fellow at the University of Western Sydney. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.